Howdy! Welcome to the Gateway to the Smokies podcast. This podcast is about America's most visited national park, the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding towns. This area is filled with ancient natural beauty, a deep storied history, and rich mountain cultures that we explore with weekly episodes. I am Joseph Franklin McElroy, a man of the world, but also the deep roots of these mountains. My family has lived in the Great Smokies for over 200 years. My business is in travel, but my heart is in culture. Today, we're going to be talking about the Dogwood Crafters Cooperative with Brenda Andrews. But first, I got some message from sponsors and some events to talk about. Imagine a place evocative of motor courts of the past, yet modern and vibrant with a chic Appalachian feel. A place for adventure and for relaxation. Imagine a place where you can fish in a mountain heritage trout stream, grill the catch on a fire, and eat accompanied by fine wine and craft beers. Imagine a place with old-time music and world cultural sounds. There is no other place like the Meadowlark Motel in Maggie Valley, North Carolina. Your Smoky Mountain adventure start with where you stay. The Smoky Mountains and surrounding areas is a vacation destination for all seasons. Some of the nation's best hiking trails, waterfalls, outdoor adventures, and family entertainment can be found right here. Start your adventure by using SmokiesAdventure.com and Smokies Plural AdventureSingular.com to explore all the wonderful features of the Great Smoky Mountains National Park. Trails, waterfalls, Cage Cove, the Elk, and more. And then check out all the awesome family attractions, entertainment you and your entire family can enjoy. And if you're looking for places to have a wedding or an outdoor life event or a honeymoon or a romantic getaway, check it out. There's places that you can go to do that there as well. The goal of SmokiesAdventure.com is to become the leading information portal for adventures and experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains. Now, I want to mention some events coming up. Maggie Valley, you know, we have this great festival grounds. And on May 13th and 14th, we're having the Icons of Hot Rodding Festival. In the 1950s and 1960s, hot rod and custom cars, trucks, and vans uh, for cars and, and, and vehicles older than, uh, older than 1969. And then there'll be 50s and 60s, music, automotive and vintage vendors, pinstripers, food vendors, judging with awards and trophies presentation. It's a family-friendly event. Uh, and I and urge you to come on down and check it out. And then May 31st through June 4th, we have Slingshots in the Smokies. It's the eighth annual Slingshots in the Smokies. Uh, uh, and it's known as the Super Bowl for Slingshot events. For those of you who don't know, Slingshots are a, a sort of a, 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 a motorcycle on three wheels. And so this will take place uh, in, uh, at the Maggie Valley Festival Grounds. And again, we'll have all sorts of wonderful things going on. Um, since we're talking about crafts, I need to talk about uh, July 9th and 10th in Maggie Valley Festival Grounds. You have the annual uh, Maggie Valley Arts and Crafts Show. Uh, it's the largest, it's Maggie Valley's largest gathering of artisans and crafters that come together to sell their handmade treasures. Artisans from all of the Southeast will be in attendance, uh, and there'll be chainsaw art demonstrations and lots of festival food. Uh, so you can go to maggievalleyfestivalgrounds.com to find out more about all the festivals coming to Maggie Valley and, which, and where you can go and how you can uh, and partake of enjoying all these different things. Now, the Metal Arc has, has announced a big, uh, a big event coming up in August. 
we're going to have a songwriters camp and concert with Grammy award-winning artists, Jim Lauderdale and Charles Humphrey III, along with other award-winning artists like Darren Nicholson of Balsam Range, Clay Mills and Charles Chamberlain. It's a two-day event of interactive songwriting instruction with world-class musicians, a demo tape produced for each participant and concerts by songs from the road band on Friday night and a barbecue dinner and all-star concert on Saturday night. This is a unique event like no other and space will be limited to ensure individual attention is given to all participants. Price is $675 per person, includes all activities, a demo pay, two world-class concerts, and the barbecue dinner on Saturday night. And then there's special room price packages for different kinds of places to stay uh, to include lodging uh, for Friday and Saturday night. Call 826-926-1717 for details. And there's also a limited amount of concert tickets available for the concerts on Friday and Saturday night. So check it out. Again, reserve your spot, 828-926-1717. Now, you know that uh, I like to uh, introduce sometimes what's coming up in the event with a poem I might write or find. And I found an interesting poem by a guy named Marcus B. Christian, written in 1970. It's called The Craftsman. Um, and it goes like this. I ply with all the cunning of my art this little thing, and with consummate care I fashion it so that when I depart, those who come after me shall find it fair and beautiful. It must be free of flaws, pointing no laborings of weary hands, and there, no, there must be no flouting of the laws of beauty, as the artist understands. Through passion, yearnings, infinite yet dumb, I lift you from the depths of my own mind and gild you with my soul's white heat to plumb the souls of future men. I leave behind this thing that in return the solace gives. He who creates true beauty ever lives. Wonderful poem, a little uh, focused on one gender, but it applies, I think, across the board. Um, so somebody knows a lot about crafts and we'll introduce today. It's our guest, her name is Brenda Anders. Mar She's a Mar Mar Maryville, Tennessee native and a true daughter of the Smokies who's lived in Western North Carolina since 1978. Since then, Brenda has played an integral role in the success of the Dogwood Crafters Cooperative, one of the most storied crafts co craft cooperatives in the Southeast, located in historic Billsboro, North Carolina. Brenda has served in various key leadership positions, including president and chairman of the board, along with he heading multiple operational committees within the organization. For more than four decades, Brenda's work in leadership with the Dogwood Crafters has created a template for many other artists and crafts cooperatives to follow throughout the country. Hello, Brenda, how are you doing? I'm doing just fine. I'm glad to be here and share the story of Dogwood Crafters. I'm glad you're here, but I want to little, little, learn a little bit about yourself first. You're, you grew up in Maryville, Tennessee. I, I did, I did. And I went to business college with my husband's cousin, and he came up on a fishing trip to uh, visit his uncle. He likes to say he used the wrong bait and got married instead. <laughs> and uh, we did get married shortly after. We only had about six dates as he went into the Air Force, and then we got married, moved to Texas for 13 years. Well, you know, sometimes those last. I mean, I, I, had the, I had the opera experience. I met and married my first wife within six weeks. 
and it didn't last but three years. But uh, I, I learned a lot from it. So sometimes you, uh, you you learn a lot. Sometimes you find you like mate, right? Right. Uh, so you grew up there. How did how did you like growing up in the foothills of the Smokies? Well, uh, to me, I didn't realize at the time how lucky I was. Mm -hmm. It was just a natural thing. It's just like right now. When I drive around uh, in the mountains, sometimes I forget to look at them mm -hmm. until I have company in the car with me and they start commenting on how pretty it is. And I have to jerk myself up and shake myself and look around a little bit to appreciate what I have. Now, Maryville was a, as a, as a sort of a suburb of Knoxville, right? Was it more suburb or more rural when you were growing up? Rural. rural. Yeah. Yeah. So you got to do all the good home cooking and all that sort of stuff that uh, we all are familiar with who grew up in the mountains at. Yeah. Mostly I ironed. My mother did all the cooking, but back in those <laughs> days we had to iron. Oh, there you go. Uh, did you uh, did you have electric irons, or did you have to use those ones you heated over? Oh, I'm not quite that old. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so when did you leave Maryville? And I married in 1965. Okay, and then you left with your husband to go around. Uh, yeah. He, he worked for Champion Paper Company for just about a month uh, until uh, his school started. At, uh, and then he was in school, got a job at the computer center. And then he's been in computer work ever since until he retired. That's good. So what, what, uh, what brought you to Western North Carolina? He, was, he got a job as director of the computer center at Western. Ah. And I followed him. I guess you had to, right? I had to. <laughs> oh, and and did you end up in Dillsboro at that time, or was it? Uh... We live about four miles out of Dillsboro uh, in a town called Silva. All the surrounding areas are Silva, and we have little communities like Webster and and Dillsboro. Well, I love both Silva and Dillsboro. They're wonderful little towns. So, so you got involved with. Um, the, the Dogwood uh, Craft Cooperative, I saw it uh, just a couple of years after it was founded. So you were, you're sort of a founder of it, aren't you? No, I, I wasn't that lucky. I wish I could have said uh, I was part of the 12 who got that started. But um, I was a member of the Newcomers Club in Jackson County, and we had a field trip one day, and we went into Dogwood Crafters. And uh, I just fell in love with, with the art uh, there and my question was uh, who who does the decorating here and Rosemary Dejara who was president of that uh, day or that year she says I think you do because you're the first one that's ever mentioned that word <laughs> and up to that point the crafters had gathered stuff off of the street uh, old legs uh, the plastic legs things and they were draped jewelry over it um, uh, the things that you put uh, electrical wire around, the big round things, they they drug everything they could to get Dogwood started. And that uh, is a tribute to them. Mm -hmm. But I got there about three or four years later and I've been happy there ever since. Well, you've, you've, you've been successful. You know, I'm, a, I'm an artist myself. Um, you, if you, I, I think you're in the speakeasy down there at the middle. Like you look around and a lot of those are by uh, my paintings. Uh, and you know, it, it, I've been involved in a few artists and craft uh, things, and they don't. A lot of them have a, a moment in the sun, and then they just disappear. So you guys have really done something 
to it intrigues me that you managed to create something that's lasted this long and so successful. And in fact, you've sort of become a model across the a lot of the country for how to run a, a, a cooperative. So, um, so uh, you know, I, I look forward to uh, this conversation to find out more. Uh, so, um, so you that basically started with an ad in the paper. Yes, um, a little ad that says if you have uh, handmade crafts and that you would like to sell them, will you come to a meeting at the library? And 12 people came and they set up the rules and the regulations over the next little while that we still go by today. And they started meeting in a house there in Dillsboro that is the chocolate factory now. But they would come set up their uh, little um, TV trays and tables. They had their own cash box and they sat and visited. And at the end of the day, they folded everything up and took it home. Pretty soon they realized that if they took turns and helped each other, they could be home making crafts the rest of the time. So wow. that has the, uh, the word cooperative that we still go by today because without each and every one of the members of Dogwood, it couldn't operate the way it, it is. Uh, basically, we have two crafters every day working the front counter, a cashier and a bagger. And uh, we have only one paid employee no one was foolish enough to sign up to do the bookkeeping, the record keeping of, <laughs> of thousands of items that we have at Dogwood. Right. But the word volunteer and everyone is the same is the key to the success of Dogwood Crafters. Cool. Well, we got to take a break now, but let's, I'm, I'm going to come back. We'll talk more about how, how, how it works and, 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 what, and the insights you've gained and, the, and the, how, is it, how is it actually propagated in the world. Howdy, this is Joseph Franklin McElroy, back with the Gateway to the Smokies podcast and my guest, Brenda Anders. Um, so, Brenda, I know that um, you joined in 1978. How many original members, uh, how many, you had, what, 12 members then? And uh, what do you have, about 90 now? Is there any original members left? We have one very active original member. Her name was Patricia Cowan, and she and her husband were very active in getting Dogwood started. He was the lawyer, and he helped uh, get our policies and bylaws set up, and for years did leatherworking, and she paints on glass, so we have one. And uh, another crafter who has recently come back, Don Wood, he was uh, helpful in getting the uh, co-op started and he is now a retired from the university and he does beekeeping oh wow you know i'm a beekeeper <laughs> oh yeah i had i had i actually had um, i did i put I, I introduced bees into the south bronx and uh actually got some recognition for that because you know i got i helped the local communities do some some uh beekeeping uh well, how are you going to move those bees when you move to Asheville? Well, that you know, the thing is, is I, I would create an eye, I would enjoy it for a while, and then I would, I would, I would train somebody in the community, one of the community gardens, how to take it over, and they take it over, um, and then I'd create another one. Not now, I anticipate now that I'm now in, uh, coming down there, I'm, a, I'm gonna create some beehives 
at the Metal Arc and or at my place in in in, uh, in Iron Dust. But um, so you know, I understand that uh, you guys are not like a flea market, right? You you actually your bylaws required, I think, for almost originally, right, that all the artists must be juried through an art jury community and then must be of the highest quality. How does that work? Well, um, when you uh, voice an interest, uh, you come to Dogwood and you get an application. Uh, you fill out the application and bring one or two items that you want to make. A jury committee made up of three anonymous crafters, no one wants to know who they are, so they can't blame them if they're not accepted, mm -hmm. but they look the craft over, they make sure that it's not something already uh, offered in Dogwood and you're in, and you can be a 20% crafter. That means we take 20% of your money at the end of the month, and you promise to work 176 hours a year, keeping the shop open, working at the counter. Or you can join as a 40 percenter uh, you might be older, you might have a real job, uh, just a lot of different complications that doesn't allow you to work. And we take 40% of, of that application. Mm -hmm. So that's how you become a member. And then once you're a member, you're sucked in there to help us work, volunteer on all committees and get things done. And um, why do you, uh, I mean, I, I, why do you think that originally, I mean, why do you know that originally, why did they decide to make it, um, uh, you know, instead of just being a, a sort of craft, you know, flea market and making it into this really sort of excellent source of art? Well, we wanted to be the best that we could. We have a coordinator now for every room. We have 12 rooms in this log cabin. Uh, that has used to be Cannon's Cottages, an overnight uh, stay, staying place back in the 30s. We joined uh, with the help of our very helpful landlord, three of those log cabins, and then built a big room onto the back. And every room has a different theme, and every room has a coordinator that comes and redecorates the room about every six weeks after every major holiday. And we did not want everything lined up uh, like a grocery store, all the mayonnaise on one shelf, all the baskets on one shelf. We decorate according to theme and to color. And that draws, uh, it gives everybody a, a fair chance to have their crafts uh, highlighted and spotlighted. It's worked and it, it works well. That's great. And are, is there any restrictions on the, the materials or the, what can be displayed there? Uh, not so far. You have yeah. something in mind? <laughs> well, you're sitting there in my room of art. You know what I do. <laughs> well, in the first place, it's too big. You'll have you'd have to do something smaller to get into our little shop. I'll, I'll do little stuff. I do little flower paintings. So, uh, <laughs> but um, I, I understand you have a Christmas shop, right? Do you, have a, do you have a Christmas uh, selection? Yes, we have a room that is called the Christmas room, and we sell more Christmas items throughout the year than we, we actually do at Christmas, because uh, during the Christmas, people are mostly looking for gifts. Mm -hmm. and what, what I like about Dogwood is working behind the counter, and the door opens, and somebody walks in, and they say, oh, you're still here. And uh, I said, oh, have you been here before? And he says, my parents drug me in here as a child, and now I'm dragging my children in. And he <laughs> says, where is the toy room now? 
And I said, usually it's the same place. So uh, it's good that, that children remember and come back to us. Oh yeah, you know, that's part of the, the, the metallurgs charm too, is that we got had people that had honeymoons in the 60s and they bring their uh, their children back and their grandchildren back and uh, you know, they've been coming back for the, the, you know, their whole lives, it's kind of nice. Yeah. Um, so I understand that you you guys take a great deal of pride in using a lot of recycled products for your art, yeah. such as an old door yeah. for the handle of a cane or something like that. We do. Like this, this pair of mittens is made out of old sweaters. And there's about five or six different uh, sweaters here. And they're nice and warm. And um, this is a, not really a recycled item, but this little Christmas uh, ornament it's a pine cone that's been run over years and years, and it's real flat. And it's called a roadkill Santa. <laughs> and uh, we have a man who recycles uh, concrete nails and masonry nails, and he makes this cute little reindeer. We recycle um, light bulbs, doorknobs, just a lot of things. And this day and time when people are cleaning out their parents' house, we get a lot of items donated to us, fabric, yarn, and everything. And we share those and then pass them on to other crafters and, and things. So we have about 17 items, um, different types of items using recycled material. Wow. Do you have like a little uh, warehouse of recycled material that artists can come to and, and find things for them? We have a very small office. Uh -huh. And when, when the public brings things to us, uh, we put it in there, free items. Somebody might uh, say uh, even a half a bushel basket of light bulbs and bring them in and say, we don't know why we saved these, but here you are. Because we visited the shop and we see that you, you make things out of light bulbs. Mm -hmm. So it's a pass along thing. Our customers and the public helps us uh, recycle. We collect uh, liquor bottles from restaurants that um so you say we, huh <laughs> so you say so we say <laughs> well uh, they're painted with alcohol ink and little bitty lights put them in them and they make a real beautiful night lights so we we can make something out of just about everything our crafters are very very smart that's cool and are are, are most of your members from the area how far how far spread is your membership since everyone is in charge of their own inventory, and when you join uh, and you're trained to be a dogwood crafter, you're trained about uh, how the shop is laid out, and when you come the next time, you put your own crafts out, knowing that you can move uh, another crafter's item over a little bit, but you can't just throw it to the side or move it to the next room. So um, uh, we learned to do that. Now, I've forgotten your question. The question was, is how, how, how big of an area are your members a part of? Are they like, I mean, how many, you know, they live just in Dillsborough or they live a few? Oh, they have to, yes, I'm sorry. Um, they have to live within 175 miles mm -hmm. uh, of the, the shop in Dillsborough because uh, we require them to take an active part. You can't just come and uh, drop your things off and that's the last we see of you for a year. Um, mm -hmm. If you're not able to come and work, we require you to come and do other things like donate money for cookies for our luminaire. Or um, we make sure that you do something uh, just a little bit extra 
because you're part of the volunteer organization. Right. So that means you get my, you, my, you, you get people from like Dills, I mean, from uh, Cherokee, from Asheville, you get Wayne yes. from different mm -hmm. places, yeah? Yes, I know we do. And is there good diversity too, as well as you know, Cherokee or African-American? Yes. Well, uh, you're, you mentioned uh, Cherokee. We have Joseph Redcloud who carves the little bitty train whistles and, and things. We don't have near enough of his things, but you cannot make a craft a craft unless they're uh, in the right mood. Right. But well, local, craft, local crafters is what we like. Recently, we've had... Um, a uh, little uh, lady join Alva Houston, and this is her hickory nut doll. Do you know what a hickory nut is? Yeah. Okay, her face Sorry. is made from a hickory nut. Okay. And it's a everything is here is made from her legs from a pipe cleaner covered in hose, right up to the little quilt that she's making, and uh, that was a very good find for us. And we have a husband and wife team that makes uh, baskets and canes chairs. This is called a Blue Ridge basket, a very sturdy basket with a wooden bottle and uh, bottom. And uh, she designed that and she calls it the Blue Ridge basket. And uh, one of our most popular things for people to watch when we're demonstrating is this braided rug. And the children come in and they say, oh, look, that lady's making a carpet. You know, uh, we love for the kids to see us ironing, uh, cutting out things, seeing a solar machine, and, and seeing things they're not exposed to now. So I, I thought that was very funny when the man says, look, she's making carpet. <laughs> but we have crafters who make socks, hats. Uh, oh. We just have an abundance of different items. Well, you know, that, you know, there's a lot of people that don't, you don't understand art or crafts, and they just you know, deal with it on the superficial level, which is... Yeah, that's okay too, but uh, you know, always like to find people that know also the beauty and inherent value of what people create. You know? I like to uh, be proud of the time. I went to my girlfriend's house and um, her mother and aunt had a bed full of uh, quilts and pillows. And I said, what do you do with these? Well, we just make them. They, nobody's going to want them but us. So <laughs> I talked them into joining and those sisters were two of the most popular uh, counter workers that there was uh, in uh, in the shop, and they sold the whole uh, bed full of pillows and blankets. And at that time, um, the government wasn't involved, and we could sell our homemade jams and jellies. Well, Miss Vera Lee uh, would not cuss no matter what. So there was a man standing looking at her jelly, and she said, "This Vera Lee Coke must be one hell of a cook." Well, <laughs> The expression on her face was something that I'll never forget. It's such pride in seeing that the people who came in and bought something that they created. I'm a firm believer that there is gold in these mountains and it's up to us to find those people and sell what is so rich and to pass that along on, on things that are handmade because yeah. it's very hard to keep people interested in handmade crafts. Yeah. Uh, well, we have to take a break now, all right? When we come back, we'll talk more about that, you know, and the nature of handmade crafts and, uh, and further what you guys are doing in, in Dillsboro.
Mr. Franklin McElroy back with the Gateway to the Smokies podcast and my guest, Brenda Anders. So, Brenda, you mentioned uh, earlier about uh, a 12-room log building. I guess it was formerly cabins at a motel. It was uh, a tourist motel? Yes. Uh-huh. Cannon's Cottage. Cannon's Cottage. It, it belonged to the, the family who had become our landlord for all these years, Mr. Wade Wilson and his wife, Becky. And uh, uh, like I said, we were first in the little house, one street over, and um, he loved dogwood and the concept of having Dillsboro become a craft uh, capital. Uh So he asked us if we'd like to move over there. Pretty soon we expanded and got the next cabin and joined the two together. It ended up, we took three cabins and uh, it was still in in that today. And uh, does it still run as a motel? Is the rest of the cabin still run as a, as a, as a motel? No, we yeah. got them all. We have you got them all. all. Okay, you just got them all. <laughs> and uh, a while back, he met me on the street, and he says, uh, "I want to sell y'all dogwood crafters." And I said, "But it's family-owned property. How are you going to do that?" And he says, "I want it done." And so uh, he named his price: three hundred fifty thousand dollars. We went to work having garage sales. We learned how to ask for grants. And uh, we got it down to where we only owed $100,000. And our bank, SunTrust Bank, loaned our little craft cooperative $100,000. And within seven years, we had our building paid for. That's fabulous. That's fabulous. And you guys take care of everything. Volunteers do everything. Building. Flower boxes, maintenance is really sort of special, right? That, that is true. Yeah. That's why I say I've been everything from the groundskeeper right on up because uh, we do have grounds that we have to keep. And like you said, the flower boxes, uh, someone orders all of our supplies. Uh, another lady is in charge of all of our classes and we offer free classes to anyone who would like to come. They only have to pay for the supplies uh, that they use during that. We have a scholarship committee. We give a lot of money to John Campbell, um, Haywood Tech, Southwestern, to students wanting to learn the Appalachian craft. And uh, so uh, we have different uh, projects in order to earn money for that craft. And of course, we love to advertise. And we have one project that we do every year for a special expensive advertising. And that is we sell uh, quilt tickets for a raffle quilt. And our crafter, one of our oldest crafters, Larry Walther, who lives in Waynesville, has made those quilts for the last five or six years. We used to come together as a group and make that, but he says, I don't understand it, but he says the women talk too much. And if I would send them home, he'd make the damn quilts himself. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, that's what he's done. And we sell uh, uh, raffle tickets all year long so he can uh, so we can have a special advertising the uh, we come up with different ideas uh, such as that to make money but mainly the uh, shop is run by our uh, percentages from our crafters and we also sell jams and jellies uh, Does the that money come, money comes from that is it most of the money comes from the yes from mm-hmm. the sales uh, as a nonprofit, right? we're not supposed to have a whole lot of money so uh, we, we don't, but we needed more. So we needed those, the money came from jam and jelly. So we have a crafter 
uh, Joan Marsden, who has volunteered and she orders our jams and jellies. We looked all over the country and we found a little shop in Tiger, Georgia, still makes their jellies in little four, four gallon pots. So it's as close to homemade as we can get. And when the men walk in the door, they just go straight to the, across the hall to our pantry and start buying the jelly and the barbecue sauces and things like that. Uh, without the uh, money that we earn from our jams and jellies, it would be hard for us uh, to meet our quota of expenses. Now I hear that uh, you sell you sell cookbooks and that you have big hand write those. Is that true? Here's the cookbook, uh, one of my favorites, simply because of the the color. We've had five co uh, cookbooks, and I think we we have four now that is in print. I did not write them at all, uh, but I do have recipes in them. Our customers have recipes, and our different crafters uh, have recipes. And cookbook sales are uh, We've sold thousands of cookbooks, and because of our cookbooks, we, uh, well, it's a whole story. I could talk for another hour on how we got to this, but we uh, were on Carolina Kitchen uh, on WLOS-TV. You know, every day, they have a five-minute segment of uh, recipes and cooking, so I was privileged to go over there, and I, I did that way back in the... Uh, I've done it for about 20 years. Uh, of course, the COVID put a stop to that for right now, but I'm trying to figure out a way how I can, uh, I don't want them to come and film at my house, right. but <laughs> that would require housekeeping details. Well now, well, now you're an expert in Zoom, just do it. <laughs> oh, I'm at, a, at your friend's place doing this Zoom. I still <laughs> own a flip phone. Okay, yeah, well, you did the Zoom on a flip phone? No, uh, no, no, no. I have a flip phone. I could not do uh, on that. My, my father's still on a flip phone, too. So, yeah. You know, it's, it's funny that they're now making smartphones to be look like and act and flip like a flip phone. Yeah, the, the, the Gen Z loves the concept of the flip phone, mm -hmm. not knowing that, the, <laughs> that we had that 30 years ago. <laughs> I know. Right. Yeah. So, but, uh, so, so you guys do, a, you, uh, that's really nice to do all this uh, promotion with the cooking. It's really, you know, we're, we're wanting to do some interesting mountain cooking uh, recipes for our new restaurant coming to Meadowlark. So I definitely want to see your, your, uh, your cookbook, see if we can find some things that might be interesting for that. Um, and uh, well, uh, the, all of our crafters are good cooks and we have many uh, recipes in, in our five cookbooks that come from our mothers and grandmothers. So we'll help you out on that. <laughs> so tell me, um, help, you know, I just moved to Asheville. So I know you have, a, you have involvement in the Mountain State Fair that's in Asheville. It's, uh, it's a pretty nice event. Yes, Dogwood has uh, gone to the uh, North Carolina Mountain State Fair since it began. Uh, I'm not good at naming dates, but about 27 years. And we started out, we had a booth on the dirt there uh, in the arena and now we have a wonderful new building built by uh, uh, the North Carolina folks that they and they regulate us from Raleigh and um, about four or five years ago Dogwood was asked to take over the uh, historic uh, heritage crafters there mm -hmm. which uh, it was a real privilege to us and we are in constant search of uh, heritage crafters and we have so much fun working 13 days 
or uh, 10 days, 13 hours a day, mm-hmm. uh, selling and meeting uh, the folks and introducing them to traditional mountain crafts. And when, when is that usually held? Um, it starts the Thursday after Labor Day and for the next 10 days. Mm-hmm. Uh, I expect you'll be coming there. I will be coming there. I'll be living right there. So I, I reckon I will. <laughs> and I got, uh, I, you know, I, I got, believe it or not, I'm on my second rodeo and I got three and a half year old twins. So, uh, so I'll be, I'll be bringing them to show them all sorts of mountain culture. I think they'll, they'll get a kick out of that. I look forward to it. Uh, oh, they'll love it. They have live birthings of the cows the, uh, and the calves and pig races and but don't forget to bring them to the Virginia Boone Building and see the crafters. Right. So you um, you mentioned, you know, going back to your, you know, I love cabins, right? So I, I wanted to ask about that. You said you had themed rooms. We're thinking about doing themed rooms. What are, what are the themes of your rooms? Well, as you enter the room, it's, it's the main room. And we, uh, like near Easter, we have that decorated for Easter. Oh, there's Mother's Day, Father's Day. And as you enter, then go to the right, we have the lodge. A lot of people who come and visit us want um, to decorate their lodge. So we have that. Then uh, on around the fireplace, we have our Christmas room. And then into the next room, it's our children's and toy room. We have our pantry uh, with jams and jellies. We have a room that uh, has handmade soap, uh, pillows, and um uh, some jewelry items and things. Then we have the traditional lodge room, which has the baskets, braided rugs, and, and things like that. Then we have the boutique, handmade hats and gloves and dresses and aprons. And then we have a kitchen, which has uh, kitchen items, handmade kitchen items. And then you're not going to find stainless steel spoons or anything. Everything in our shop is handmade. Then the big room that we uh, built onto uh, the, the cabins out to the back, it's called the gallery. And uh, we call it that because uh, it has lots of walls that um, we can hang photographs and, uh, and original paintings and prints and things like that. But we did have to put tables and shelves in there because we have to have room for crafts. That's fabulous. Well, we got to take uh, one last break here, and then we'll come back. We'll talk a little bit about uh, you know um, other things going on, and uh, and then how how people can find out about you. All right. Okay. Joseph Franklin McElroy back with the podcast Gateway to the Smokies. My guest, Brenda Anders. So, Brenda, uh, I read that you had added a new feature to the uh, co op, and that's the uh, Mary's Garden. What is that? How did it come about? Uh, Mary Nolan was a member of Dogwood for many, many years. And uh, when she passed away, we wanted to pay tribute to her uh, in a special way. So, we had a our side yard bricked and we have a plaque with her photograph on it and everything. And it's just called Mary's garden. And we're a firm believer at Dogwood that if you make the men comfortable sitting out on a patio with a good comfortable bench, they'll leave you alone while you're in the shop 
uh, buying things. So uh, Mary's garden has, uh, it keeps Mary with us. She was very important to us as Dogwood. Every member, when you become a member of Dogwood, you become a member of Dogwood, your family. When you're sick, we help you. When, when you have a death in the family, we help you. And you are uh, as important there's not one, there's people like me who have a very good mouth and can talk about Dogwood and, and, and things, but each and every member of Dogwood makes it a volunteer cooperative shop. So, um, and you know, you have, a, it's obviously real dedication to your members, but I, I also feel like the last this long, you have a real de dedication to your customers. How do you support them? We support them by continuing to have uh, good quality crafts. We, we try, every, uh, each of our crafters uh, comes up with new ideas. And uh, our longtime customers notice this when they come in. They say, oh, well, this is new. And every item has a tag on it. And uh, that crafter's name is on the tag. So they know that uh, Janetta has a new chair or that Judy Horn has some new gourds, or they identify by a name, not just a, a number on, on the tag. So uh, we, we try to support them by having new things and staying open. It's really hard to stay open as a business now. And it's a privilege to say that we have made this happen for as many years as we have. When we first started, well, not when we first started, but about 20 years into it, Handmade in America became very popular. Mm -hmm. And uh, they asked uh, us to help other craft cooperatives get started. So Mary and I would take these trips to different uh, towns all around. And uh, we would talk to them about how we got started and what we did. And one of our members, Susie Ray, wrote a book, Dogwood Crafters, Our First 25 Years. And in that book, it tells exactly how we got started, our recommendations of how a craft cooperative works. And you can take that book and you can find a good location in your own town and you can have your own Dogwood Crafters Cooperative. That's fabulous. That is fabulous. And you're, and you're not only in your own town, but you go around the festivals as well, don't you? What, what, and you have some big holiday events. What can you tell me about those? Uh, Dillsboro, um, has two main, three main festivals. We have Front Street in July, Color Fest in October, and our Luminaire, which is the first two full weekends in uh, December. And that is where the streets are all lit by candles and white bags, uh, thousands and thousands of that. And the shops offer refreshments. And uh, uh, when we can get the horses to work, there's horse-drawn uh, buggy rides and everything. And uh, while the, uh, the train comes to Dillsboro, we like to have demonstrations. So the spring fling and fall fling uh, has started. And that's just on um, certain Saturdays. I can't remember the dates right now, but we have crafters in, in the front of each shop. We don't cross uh, the streets off for those things. But again, we're trying to let people see that hey, things are handmade. Mm -hmm. And we have several uh, good shops in town that, uh, of course, they don't all carry handmade things, but they, they're good quality shops and our restaurants can't be beat. 
uh, in Dillsborough. Cute town. Dillsborough is a real cute town. I mean, and, and, and they got some nice restaurants there. I can't. Yes. Yeah, I can't speak more than highly of it. Yeah, and you got and you got to you have a brewery there now too. Innovation, uh, uh, innovation, right? Brewery. Yes. Uh huh. Yeah, so it's, it's good. It's a good town just to visit, and then you know people should visit, and then go to the, the go to the co-op and buy some crafts. It'd be a great right. a great day trip. And a fun thing that we have, <laughs> a fun thing that we have is the Easter hat parade. And that got started 37 years ago when uh, several of the shops decided, well, we'll just have our own parade. And the, so they put on uh, funny hats and they marched around town. Oh, that's well, now, uh, now we continue to have that and hundreds of people come. Wow. Our state magazine came and interviewed and, and stayed all day and, and took pictures. And it's a free event for families. And it's always the Saturday before uh, Easter. This year we had um, a, a goat come. And uh, <laughs> last year, oh, and we have a cat that has been coming uh, for five years. Her name is Bonus, and she walks around on a leash. Last oh, year we wow. had a chicken come. <laughs> so it's always fun to see who shows up and what shows up. Yeah. But it's a good, Dillsboro is a walkabout town. It's yeah. two long blocks. Uh, front and back street that uh, where you can park your car and go in and out all these shops and stop to eat and have a really good day away from the maddening crowds. So what's the future for the uh, co-op? What's your vision? <laughs> My vision is that um, we can continue to recruit crafters to carry on dogwood crafters as, as it has been for the last since 76 and keep it there for generations to come. It's hard work uh, getting younger people to want to make a craft. That's why we have to demonstrate and show that you can make carpet and you can make your own socks and crochet your own hat and uh, doilies. I love doilies. They can hide a lot of dust, but I dare say that a lot of people don't know what a, doll, a doily is. And uh, we just want to keep that alive. Yeah. And if we can do that, the dog will be there for another 25 or 75 years. I won't be, many of our crafters won't be, but dogwood will be there. Passing on to the next generation, that's important. So um, how, what, how would people find out more about you? Well, uh, Facebook, or Dogwood Crafters are on Facebook. We have um, a website, dogwoodcrafters.com. Um, and we still are old fashioned and have brochures and some of the, the welcome centers and things like that. But, um, I think words, uh, people can just Google us and find us in Dillsboro. Cool. Well, I invite you to bring your, uh, your quilt, uh, raffle tickets over the middle arc. We'll try and sell some for you. Okay. Uh, and, uh, and, uh, we're very lucky that where we're located. We're on highway 441. At the red light there, we're three hours from Charlotte, three hours from Atlanta, three hours from uh, uh, major hubs, one hour from Asheville. So yeah. if you're going to go to Cherokee, stop 14 miles before you get to Cherokee and you'll find Dockwood Crafters. And of course, you're pretty close to Maggie Valley. So, you know, a yes. hour drive from Maggie Valley. And I hope, I hope you guys come to our craft, arts and crafts show. I uh, certainly will. All right, good. Well, it's been a pleasure having you on the show today. Thank you so much. Uh, I, I've learned a lot, and it's nice to know about you. Uh, it stimulates things in my brain. You know, I'm involved in the arts and crafts. So 
uh, I'll definitely come and check you out and see what's going on. Um, so uh, thank you again. This is the uh, Gateway to the Smokies podcast. You can find out more about us at, uh, at, uh, at uh, uh, talkradio.nyc, which is a network of live podcasts that happen every day um, uh, during, uh, during uh, every day of the week. Uh, where you'll find out information that's interesting. You know, they, they talk about small business. They talk about you know self help. They talk about cats, and dogs, and animals. They talk about all sorts of different things. Um, so, um, I, I'm, it's a pleasure to have you here uh, and um, uh, and have you listen to the show. So, I, I encourage you to go see uh, and listen to other uh, podcasts on the on the network. I, uh, and, th and then this specific show has a, a Facebook page called facebook.com slash gateway to the Smokies podcast, where you find the, 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 a lot of the live podcasts and everything else. We're also on smokiesadventure.com. There's a link that shows all the previous uh, podcasts and, uh, and uh, transcripts, as well as information that's useful, might be useful to you, as well as events and other things going on. And I... Um, I have another podcast on this network that's called Wise Content Creates Wealth, which is about uh, using AI and behavioral science to help market your business. So if you get a chance, look, at, look for that podcast on Fridays from, um, from, uh, from uh, noon to one. And this podcast is on Tuesdays from six to seven every week. Uh, and it's uh, been a pleasure letting you uh, into our world here and hopefully you'll come visit us. And I'll talk to you next week. Bye.